Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. This is Dimity, and I am not in Denver, Sarah. Where are you, Dim? <laughs> I am high in the mountains, singing The Hills Are Alive. No, I'm actually up at my mom's house. She lives up um, in a little town called Granby, which is near Winter Park. Um, it's the 4th of July week, and my kids <laughs> are at sleepaway camp for the week. Uh-huh. Um, so, and actually at a very close spy camp to Granby, so I dropped them off and Headed a little bit farther west and have been camping out here and doing some trail running and some book writing and um, eating the dinners that my mom makes, <laughs> not cooking for myself. Um, so having a lovely week. Very good. Very good. And how, and there, it, how has the running been? Uh, it's been good. I mean, well, so I've just done one big run um, oh. so far yesterday. So it was it was great. My friends Becky and Catherine, who are doing the Pikes Peak uh, ascent with me um, in mid-August, they came up here on Monday night uh, and had some dinner. And we sat out on the porch. My mom has these two amazing, uh, not amazing, hummingbird f- feeders. They're just plain hummingbird oh. feeders. But they get fl- she gets flocks of hummingbirds, <gasps> like... 30 at a time. No, oh, please take a picture. I love hummingbirds with all of my oh, heart. Oh, you've got to come. I mean, oh. you have to come to altitude to see it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so we sat out on the porch and had wine and watched the hummingbirds. And I mean, it's just majestic country up here. It's just, I was driving home this morning from a swim and I was just like, oh, I want to live here. I want to live here. Not the time of my life, but at some point I will. But anyway, so um, so Catherine and Becky came up Monday night and then we got up early Tuesday morning and went on our second Pikes Peak long training run. Mm. So we um we climbed about 3500 feet in about little less than 7 miles or put another way the way that I thought about it today was like okay that's half of the race basically. <laughs> I was like okay I mean the good news about the ascent is that you don't have to turn around and come down. Yeah. But I mean but I you know it's a lot of climbing. Wait um, wait how do you get do they there's shuttle a, you from the trunk? yeah yeah so there's a road oh. actually that goes up pikes peak oh, so okay. there's buses up there so um they'd take you down and actually you know i guess there's a store up top that sells like amazing donuts and stuff like that <laughs> so it's a little anticlimactic that you you know just climb this huge fourteen thousand foot mountain and then there's like you know a glazed crawler <laughs> waiting for you at the top but a crispy cream at the top yeah, exactly <laughs> so um well so, yeah, so we had a great run and then how, uh, how long did that take you um, it took us a little over three hours. So we ended up going, I mean, so that, but that, that was going up and down. So we ended up running, you know, 13 and a half miles. Oh boy. So that was, took over a little over three hours. Oh boy. Wow. And are your quads just killing you today? Um, well, they're my leg, I'm tired. Um, but they're not killing me. I mean, um, so what I did, Sarah, it was reminiscent of the trail running camp. We went to a couple mm, years ago, yeah. up, actually right near here. Yeah. Um, there was a stream right by. So I just, um, took off my shoes. I put on, I had in the car, a, a, a short sleeve icebreaker, um, merino wool shirt, and then, nice. um, a long sleeve hoodie that, that, um, that I also, that we also have from icebreaker. Who's one of our marketing partners. So, and I'd worn icebreaker, um, a different shirt up the mountain because oh, that, that marine, that marina wool is like per, like it could not be in a better setting, you know, yeah. like, 
Um, it's warm, but it's also wicking. And um, so anyway, so I changed my shirt, took off my sports bra, just went, you know, mm-hmm. what's a free willy as far as the <laughs> as my chest goes. You're a free boobin. Uh-huh. I yeah. was free boobin, yeah. And um, and I plopped down in a stream for oh, yeah. uh, about, I have a picture on Instagram of it. Um, probably... I, 10 minutes is generous. I would probably say more like seven or eight. My it's but your feet get so cold. It's oh, your I know. Toes, oh, I know. know? Yeah. Sometimes when I'm taking a nice bath, I will um, keep the top half of my um, feet out so that my Achilles tendon and my heel is getting the benefits of being in the cold water, but that my toes are not subjected that, to it. That's a good idea. I really mm. think that I needed to do that because I, I did one little ankle twist on the way down on my mm. right ankle. It's, it's fine, but I mm-hmm. definitely knew that I needed to to get some cold on it right away. So mm-hmm. I was really, you know, insisted on keeping my feet underwater, but mm-hmm. yeah, if I could have pop, pop my toes out, I think I could have hung on another three or four minutes probably. <laughs> so and um, did, your, did your friends join you? No, no, they had to get home. So that's the thing. So we, we, we were climbing to the top of this mountain called, um, Byers Peak, and it's uh, the 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 top of it is uh, twelve thousand nine hundred, um, but we didn't get that far because Catherine had to be home by two mm. to for a babysitter. So I just and I for some reason, even though I you know I know this, um, like if you're climbing, you know, and you're you're just a steady climb, you know, mm-hmm. and you turn around, if you climb for two hours, it's going to take you you know an hour thirty, an hour forty to get home just because of the gravity, Distance. right? Well, and yeah. Oh, you're well, saying that. Well, yeah, but it's not, it's not, a, it's not a straight two hours down. Right? Oh yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. So we could have climbed more. So like long story short is on our little Strava profile, like mm-hmm. you see, we were turned around and then there's a little sign, probably another, I don't know, probably half a mile up that said buyer's peak. So that was the very top. Mm-hmm. So we didn't make it to the very top, but we definitely had a, a great workout we'll anyway. Give, so. We'll give you credit for it anyway. Thanks. And there was snow. There's snow oh, up there too. Wow. Wowza, wowza, wowza. It was fun, but you've been training hard too. I, I saw on our Facebook page. So you went to Napa Valley Zuma. Yes, um, I did. Zuma Napa Valley, I guess is a better way to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you were in San Francisco and someone ran, ran, into you on yeah. the, oh, I'm on glad, oh, I'm glad Sabrina posted that. Yeah. yeah that's so funny. Cause, um, so I was, um, so had just, I mean, Napa Valley, just so beautiful. And the Zuma race sounded like a great time. I ended up not running it, um, for a couple different reasons. And I'll admit that one of the biggest was that I just wanted to be able to run a lot in San Francisco while I was there with Jack. He, today, um, July 2nd is our wedding anniversary. So I had him fly down. Happy and- anniversary <laughs> to you. And uh, so had him fly down and join me after the Zuma race was over. So we enjoyed a couple days of R&R in, in San Francisco where we used to live. And so I just was really eager to run in my old stomping grounds, literally. And so, um, and also, um, Bree, our coach was, um, she's only been coaching me for a month. So she was like, oh, the timing of it's not great. She shifted from my coach to our coach. (laughs) We're one big AMR happy family. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so then, uh, so yeah, so I, I, um, on Sunday I ran eight miles and, um, chose to run, uh, get up early enough so that I could run across the Golden Gate Bridge and back. And the reason I say get up early enough is that, you know, you have to share the sidewalk, which is not super wide with tourists. And so I didn't want to have to be dodging a ton of tourists. So when I was coming Damn back, tourists. Yeah, they exactly. make they spend so much city, so, so much money in the city, but they're not allowed to be on the bridge. <laughs> right, right. So, um, so uh, when I was coming down off the ramp of it, um, woman and I was wearing admittedly um and another mother runner tank top our hot pink tank top and then a um, badass mother runner hat and so she was walking with some friends and she goes hey I know you 
<laughs> I said, I said, yeah, hi, I'm Sarah. And I thankfully it just um, there was I found one um, water fountain along the way. So on the south end of the Golden Gate Bridge. And so I had just taken a drink and also like got water on my arms and my hands. So I stuck out my hand to, sh- to shake it with her. And I realized later I should have said, it's totally clean. I just had it in water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been wiping my nose with it. Or anything. Yeah. So um, so anyway, as I ran off, I was like, oh, that was so much fun to get recognized. And then I thought, oh, I hope she says something on Facebook. So I'm glad she did. Because <laughs> it's not, if I'm not recognized, it's not acknowledged on social media, then it didn't really happen. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so then, so I mean, it was just, they, they had, San Francisco was having a spell of true, actual summer weather. So it was brilliantly sunny and um, actually too too warm there. <laughs> so, oh, wow. uh, so the runs were quite challenging. You know, San Francisco is famous for its fog, particularly in the summertime. And thankfully, though, I had packed tank tops. So, um, but then on Monday, took a 13-mile run and had to include some, you know, speedier miles in there. And, oh, there was just, it was just, the sun is so bright down there. (laughs) I think that's pretty much anywhere you venture out of the Pacific Northwest to get that feeling. (laughs) I don't know. There's just a certain quality to the light there that is really just so special and but yet when it's sunny it's so sunny and um yeah i mean i guess it would be the equivalent of your colorado sun but um so yeah so that was a very very challenging workout and and as you might have heard there's a few hills in san francisco so um wow so wait you went eight miles one day and 13 the next yes i I guess you are training for a marathon but geez (laughs) that's a those are those are two back-to-back tough days i did yeah and then the next day ran a little over four and a half um so um yeah today's a rest day Uh, so, um, that was, that was challenging and, and, you know, trying to find flattish roots, but, um, no. So then when I was telling one of my friends who lives down there where I'd gone, she's like, wow, that's a, that's a really long way. Like I was like, oh yeah, I started in the Marina, went through the Presidio, down Arguello, into Golden Gate Park, down to the ocean, you know, across. And so covered a lot of the same territory actually that the, um, Nike women's half covers. Um, so, um, she was like, wow, that's a really long way. And I'm like, uh-huh, that's 13 miles. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, but just uh, so beautiful and just, I don't know, made me think I want to do a um, house swap next summer. Um, you know, since some people do enjoy coming to Portland. So um, I feel I have a little bit of a valuable chit that I can trade. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and so, yeah, I like started daydreaming about it. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, but so it wouldn't be vacation. So I'd be working. Don't you worry, Dim. And, uh, but I would uh, then be able to run down there. And so I floated the, I had said that to Jack. He's like, oh, that's a great idea. And then later on, I was like, oh yeah, two weeks or a month. He's like, two weeks or a month. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, how long did he think? He thought just a week. Oh, and I'm like, no, 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 because if we're going to drive and, you know, so then we'd have the van down there and yeah. So anyway, sure, so a gal sure. can always dream, can't she? A gal can dream. Yeah. Yeah. And, In the and... meantime, what's for dinner is what I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's back, the question. Back to reality. That While I was down there, I'm like, oh, I have to make dinner on Wednesday night. So, um, and how does that, how does that relate to our guest today, Dim? Well, um, so we've got um, my good pal, Sally Kazumchek on, and um, I've known Sally for, gosh, since... I think like 96 or 97, we were both assistant 
editors at Self Magazine way back in the day. She was the nutrition assistant, mm-hmm. um, and I was the fitness assistant. And I would always go in, and the, I started almost every one of my work days by going in and sitting at her desk. She had a little comfy chair next to it, <laughs> and um, just chatting. And one of my one of my fondest memories of of my work time there. We uh, connected on many levels. So I'm super excited to have her on today. She has blossomed very far past being an assistant editor itself. She writes for a ton of different magazines. Um, she's now a registered dietitian. Uh, she has a blog called Real Mom Nutrition. And her first book, authored simply by herself, she's been the co-author of a couple other books, is um, Cooking Light's Dinner Time Survival Guide. And uh, it's very well written and very funny. Um, and here is Miss Sally. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's, be, uh, since we are another mother runner, tell us how you get your sweat on. Are you a runner? Oh gosh. You know, I used to try to be a runner, but then I ended up in, um, uh, physical therapy. For <laughs> I thought you were going to say the ER or something like that. <laughs> then I ended up in the ER cause I was hit by a car and no, no ER. Um, the, the most I ever ran was I ran a 10 K I ran the Boulder Boulder oh. once. Um, that was really fun. And then I just kind of had to hang it out because of my knees. So now I do, um, I do a strength training class several times a week. And I really love that because as I get older, I just feel like I've, I've got to pay attention to, to strength training and flexibility and keeping all of that in working order. So that's mostly what I do. Good. Nice, okay. nice. Well, and so you're the author of um, the Cooking Light Dinner Time Survival Grab. Uh, still, let me start that again. Sorry. <laughs> if you say something you don't like, you can just clap. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you are the author of the newly released Cooking Light Dinner Time Survival Guide, which came out of your blog, Real Mom Nutrition. So talk a little bit about the background on your blog and about how motherhood rocked your world, as you say yes. on your website. <laughs> It did. So that's why my blog started because, you know, before I had kids, like so many of us, we think we have it all figured out. And, you know, we're cooking dinner at like 8.30 every night with our spouses or our boyfriends. And we're going to the gym like six times a week and really don't understand how anybody has any problem with all of this. And then I had kids and I'm like eating cereal out of the box for dinner. And, (laughs) you know, I, I let my gym membership lapse and I just felt like, oh my gosh, I, um, I have been thrown for a total loop. And when I went online, I felt like too many people painted a very rosy picture of what feeding yourself and feeding your kids was like. And, you know, I'm over here, like, again, eating the cereal out of the box and, you know, with my picky eater or whatever, and thinking like, this is not nearly as easy as everyone says it is online. (laughs) And so I decided to start a blog that sort of Um, you know, they sort of wanted to pull back the curtain, I like to say, and, and show what it's really like, even if you have a bunch of initials after your name, like, like I do, you know, I'm a a registered dietitian, I've got a master's degree. So, you know, surely everything will be perfect and easy in my life. Well, (laughs) absolutely not. And so I, I just sort of try to show the reality of feeding, um, feeding yourself, feeding your kids when you're a busy mom, I share a lot of successes, but I also share my failures. So I have no qualm about about saying, oh my gosh, I made the soup and I had to throw it all down the disposal because it was so bad or, you know, what I tried this thing, it totally didn't work. So, um, and I think people really respond to that because they like to hear that, you know, it's not, it's not easy for, for other people as well. Okay. Then I have to ask what, what big disaster, food disaster springs to your mind? 
Well, I actually did have to throw the pot of soup down the garbage disposal. Because it was bad or because? Just it didn't... was. It was like I tried a new recipe online and, and I was so happy that night because I even took a picture of it and I posted it on Facebook. I was like, <laughs> these machines are doing the cooking for me. Like I had the crock pot set up next to the bread machine. And so oh, I had <laughs> the soup going and the bread going. And I was like, this is amazing. I just push these buttons and, you know, dinner is done. And and neither recipe was well uh, was, was good. And I, and, you know, everybody kind of ate, but I'm, I mostly threw the soup down the disposal and even the bread wasn't very good. So that was, that was sort of a fail night. And I have those, everybody has those. Yeah. What, what, do you remember what kind of soup it was? You know, I think it was some kind of chicken, chicken rice or something, oh. which is usually, um, pretty easy, but for some reason, I can't remember what I did with it, but it just wasn't, it wasn't any good. That's okay. Bounce back. I was always bounce back. back. And, and, yeah, and the night after that, and the night after that. <laughs> so, so your book has some amazing recipes in it, but it's the organization that that I particularly love, and I think Dim loved as well. It's the solutions to ten toughest dinner time dilemmas. Like, yeah. I have zero time. My kids take all my attention. Um, nobody's around to eat it anyway. I'm on a diet. They're not. So, how did you approach solving these dilemmas? So, um, yeah, so the, I love that organization because literally you can, you know, we all have these different challenges either in the same week, you know, you might have those different challenges or as sort of the months and years go on and you shift into different phases of parenthood. So I love that you can just sort of flip to that chapter that you're that stage that you're sort of in, whether, you know, one of them is like, I have really high maintenance kids. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's about that time period where you have your kids, you know, like pulling on you wanting to play princess tea party when you're trying to make dinner. Um, and you know, you're just like, I just need 30 minutes to get, you know, to get this all together. So, um, you know, coming up with three challenges was actually really easy because I have, or have had all of these, um, challenges in the past. And so then it was about, um, finding recipes and strategies that deal with each of those problems so that, you know, each recipe in the book is targeted to a specific challenge. And I, I really love, I really love that. And I think it's really helpful. Well, so I think, I think you need to fess up now. So I know you, you have two boys and how old are they now? They are 10 and six. The 10 and six and Henry and Sam, is it okay if we give away their names? Sure. That we already have Henry and <laughs> Sam. Um, are they picky eaters? Because I mean, that is the one, I mean, and you have one heading, like I'm not a short order cook, which I don't feel like I'm, I'm not a short order cook, but I'm a divider cook. Like I cook something for the adults and something for the kids. So I'm not, mm -hmm. each individual kid doesn't get their own thing, but the kids <laughs> get something usually different. And so do your kids, are they picky? Like... Okay, so first I have to say that I am a recovering picky eater. I was like, and I talk about it in the book, that I lived on steakums and Oh my God, Sally, I did too. I, I love, you are the yeah. first person I've ever met that ate steakums, which are the most disgusting processed meat, disgusting thing. When I, I slather them with butter and A1. Oh, butter and A1. Butter and A1. I never tried that. Interesting. Oh. I would just go, go back and try them now. Are they still around? I, you know, I think they might be. I've never looked. Luckily, I've moved past. I've moved. Okay, well, yeah. Past. So I interrupted you. you. You lived on steakums, and what else? What else was in your culinary repertoire? Oh, buttered noodles. But I have to add that I, <laughs> I sprinkled salt all over the steakum because there wasn't quite enough sodium. <laughs> in the steakum 
<laughs> no wonder I like you so much. Gosh, that is that is just really that is deep. Kindred spirit. That is, yeah, kindred. And can I just spirits. say that when I read that in the book, I read it just this morning. I was like, oh, Steakums. I vaguely remember seeing an ad for those. I've never been near one in my life. Oh, <laughs> let I me let me stay in your club though, kids. Come on, please. <laughs> Washed out with Pepsi Light, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah there we go. <laughs> well, so you know, having had this, you know, horrible past as a tremendously picky eater. I, I really have come into motherhood with a great deal of sympathy for my kids in terms of foods that they may be a little bit afraid or nervous about trying because I, I really remember what that felt like. So um, there is really no pressure in my house to to eat uh, food, um, to eat new foods, I should say. And not to say that um, I don't encourage them to try, but when I had my second child, you know, I did that whole one bite rule, you know, got the one bite rule, you have to take a one, at least one bite of sure, everything. Sure. So that totally worked with my older son. He's, he's sort of one of those, you know, he's a more obedient child. And he's general. a rule follower. He's a rule, rule follower. follower. Yeah. So he would take his bites willingly. And then I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm super mom here. And then my second <laughs> child comes along. He's like, ah, uh, no, I'm not going to take that bite. And because you asked me, I'm going to make dinner time, you know, miserable for everybody. <laughs> so I stopped that policy. And, um, I actually think it was, a, it was a great, way to go because then it, it leaves it up to them and and they don't always take a bite or as many bites as I want them to, but at least they don't feel pressure. So I just want to state that because I think it's really important to not have pressure at your dinner table. So um, are my kids picky? So I would say first, and I do say in my book that to try not to label your kids as as, as picky eaters, at least at least to their face. You can talk about them behind <laughs> their back as much as you want. But when you label a child picky, then they sort of wear that as a badge, like, oh, I'm picky. I don't try new foods. And you don't want your kids, you know, feeling that way about themselves because then they'll never be encouraged to try um, something new. But I, my kids are like all kids where they mostly prefer their foods to not intermingle. You know, they don't, <laughs> they don't want a big pile of things all mixed together. Oh my gosh. No, my kids literally like separate things. Like I'll put carrots on their plate and it's even touching like a potato chip, like nothing, you know, and they're like, mom, don't do that. You got to give them its own space. I'm like, okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's really normal for kids, but, yeah. um, and they're, and you know, and they're selective in different ways. Like, you know, it's fascinating to watch their plates because my, my younger child will eat his vegetables first. And, um, and then my older child will eat any kind of meat or protein first. So they're, they're very opposite in that way. And they're both kind of choosy about different things. So, um, I don't think either one of them is picky, but we do have the rule. Sorry, Dimity, that I make one meal a night and that is it. So there are no special requests honored at my table, which is kind of sad because my mom made me a separate meal almost oh, yeah. every night. Oh my gosh, Sally, I was right there with you. I'm the youngest of three and I was a very selective, choosy child. And my mother would make me a complete different dinner. And, and I just, and that does not fly in my house at all. I mean, you get what you get and you don't pitch a fit. You know, I borrowed that phrase from Dimity and, and, you know, it, even, since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. 
Bark boxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first bark box. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love, for free, because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a 6- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com slash AMR. That's BarkBox.com slash AMR. Woof! Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit storyworth.com slash AMR when you subscribe. That's storyworth.com slash AMR. I don't know. I just, I'm like, okay, well, just eat a little bit more rice then if you don't like the, you know, stir fry that I made on top of it. Well, that's, yeah. yeah so, so that's the question. So, I mean, so like a black bean soup, that's a recipe in your book. Yes. If I were to put down a pot of black bean soup on my table, nobody would touch it. I mean, Graham and I would eat it, you know, and I know that, so you talk a little, talk a little bit about that, but also you talk about family style, about letting kids serve themselves. And then you also, your other rule, and I'm giving away all your secrets here, but you (laughs) always have something on the table that they like, right. Or that they will eat. Right. Yes. So kind of talk about that whole situation. Yeah. So black bean soup is a great example. So if I were to make that and my older son is very bean phobic, so he (laughs) would not be cool with that. So I might make that, but then I might also make a big pot of brown rice. And I might say, you can have a bowl of soup. You can have some rice with um, some of the black bean soup over top. Then I'd also have something like fruit and salad. And so if he didn't want to eat any of the black bean soup, he might have a lot of rice and salad and fruit and that would be his dinner but I wouldn't um I wouldn't make something extra for him even though I know he's not a fan of that food um and I think family style does work really well for this or a dinner bar set up so like last night we had burritos and so we had I had all the different things lined up on the kitchen island and my kids could go down and choose what they wanted. And, you know, like I had, um, I had guacamole on there. Um, and neither one of them chose it, even though I would have loved for them to have chosen it. They didn't. And that's okay. And I would say, would you like some of this guacamole? You know, I just made it. It's really nice and fresh. And they'd say, no. Okay. (laughs) My hope is that someday they, they will try it. And I mean, they've tried little bits of it on chips, but I'm, I just feel like over the course of months, years that, they're seeing those foods all the time, eventually they're going to work up the courage 
um, or enter a new phase where they feel like trying new things. I mean, it's funny when I go home and visit my parents, I'll be eating something and my mom will still say, you know, and I'm in my forties and she'll say, oh my goodness, you eat onions or cucumbers. And so, you know, eventually I just got tired of not eating all these different foods and I, and then the whole new world opened up to me. So the butter noodles got a little old. They did. (laughs) I still love buttered noodles. (laughs) I can't believe your kids don't eat guacamole. I mean, in our house, it's like a fight over who can get the guac. You know, if I only make guacamole from like two avocados, we're like, you know, fighting over the last little dregs of it in a bowl. That's wonderful. I, yeah, I think it's a an appearance thing. I think my, my oh. kids just don't like the way it looks. So oh. Th- that's okay. More, I'm not going to stress More about for it. you. So. That's oh. right. <laughs> yeah. um, so when I was a teen, my mother would always say that um, she'd say, I don't mind cooking, but I can't stand deciding what to cook. And mm. at that point in my life, my mother might as well have been speaking Martian to me because I just was like, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. And I would literally just kind of like nod and like make her think I was listening and, and being empathetic. And now I'm like, oh, my gosh, mom, I totally get what you mean. Like every time I struggle to make a grocery list, you know, walk into Trader Joe's, I'm like, ugh, what to make for dinner. So yeah. like thoughts on thoughts on that? Yeah, sure. So I, I do. I'm very honest about that in the book. So I, as with on my blog, I don't paint a rosy picture of, of mealtime. So I know that it is, you know, I call it in the book, it's like a never ending assignment. You know, mm-hmm. you, you make a fabulous dinner and you clean up the dishes and you think, I have to do this tomorrow and yep. like the next day and the next day. <laughs> so it can, it can feel a little overwhelming. And so, you know, meal planning is totally the key. And I know that's one of those things. And I'm sure there's like a running equivalent of this where you just, you, you have to put in the time, even though it can feel a little bit like a chore, mm-hmm. but the benefits, it's such a huge payoff for that. Maybe 10 minutes or something you need to take at the beginning of the week to do the meal planning. It just pays off every night of that week. So um, I, I definitely suggest sketching out something uh, at the beginning of your week or whatever day you go grocery shopping. You know, look at what you have, write that down, figure out what do you, you know, some meals for the week, build in a night for leftovers, build in a night, you know, to eat out of your freezer. If you, if you do things ahead, definitely build in one night for either going out or get it grabbing takeout or something like that. And then you can do your shopping and have everything and, you know, just post, you can even post that list in your kitchen, you know, so your kids can see what's for dinner or just have it in your kitchen somewhere. And honestly, for me, just knowing I have it written down and I have a plan, it, mm-hmm. it saves me from that dreaded, like four 30 on a Tuesday, like, Oh gosh, I have to make dinner, you know, mm-hmm. and, Okay, I've, I've got my list. I'm making tacos, and I already have the meat defrosted. Or if not, I'll, you know, zap it in the microwave. So just having that for me, it's just it's just a, a sanity saver. Yeah, and I find having a couple like fail safe um, recipes. And I just looking through your book, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to fold down so many pages mm-hmm. in here to be like, this is my go to. This is my go to because I, I, you know, I, when you find like a new recipe and that's because that's part of it it's just the thinking like okay i cannot make turkey meatballs one more day (laughs) or like i have i feel like i have a lot of like good winter recipes so i can always do one soup a week or you know my family does eat a lot of turkey meatballs but then (laughs) in the summertime i'm like i can't make a big heaping pile of warm pasta and (laughs) turkey meatballs you know or soup you know i i made soup Mm -hmm. about two weeks ago and jack was like 
Uh, you do know it's summer, right? <laughs> just turn up the air conditioning a little. <laughs> right. So, so I think that is, you know, I, I just love that about your book that there seem to be a lot of really go to get it on the table in 15 minutes or less recipes in there. Yeah, when when I was um, when we were doing the lineup for the book, that really was something that I focused on was doable things. And there is a chapter about busting out of a food rut, and there are some sort of different twists on things. Mm-hmm. Um, those beet and brown rice sliders, for instance, those are really good. They're a little mm-hmm. more time intensive. That's like if you have a weekend and you have a little bit of time. Those are really good, though. Do your, do your kids like those, Sally? Because I looked at those. I was like, there is no way my kids would eat those. <laughs> beet and brown rice. I mean, I might as well ask them to eat like turkey, I mean, turtle tails and zebra eyeballs. I mean. <laughs> now, that is one that we are still working on. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I like the honesty. So They look good to I, me. I will be totally honest. Um, you know, my, my kids tried almost all the recipes in this book. They liked a lot of them. They didn't like all of them, but because they didn't like a recipe didn't mean I wasn't going to put it in the book. So for instance, like my older son doesn't like salmon. There's no way I'm not going to have a salmon recipe or three in this book. So I didn't trust them. You know, I didn't trust them with everything, but they liked an awful lot of these recipes and they had a lot of fun trying them. Um, and I, you know, I enlisted them as my recipe reviewers and, and just, just telling them that it's like, you know, they, they really took that seriously. Like, okay, we have, we have to try this and, and tell mom what we think about it. And I had them rate the recipes on different things. And, and that was a lot of fun. That's something anybody could do. Even if you're not writing a cookbook, you know, you can tell your kids that they're, you know, this is a new recipe and they're the reviewers and rate it on a scale of one to five with taste and smell and appearance and whatever else you want to do. Yeah, that's that, so Sally. I read that on your blog. I think you had a blog post about that, right? Um, and so, I mean, brown rice. I'm still struggling with just plain old rice, um, okay. in, not in crispy form, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and so um, that night, I made it, and um, and we had it on the table. And I said, okay, well, let's do three different bowls. And I put um, like soy sauce in one. I put like plain butter and salt in one, and I put salsa in the other. And like Amelia wouldn't touch them at all. She just wanted it plain. I'm like, fine, just have it plain but ben tasted all three and he figured out that he really likes salsa on his rice mm, that's so, great so that was really fun and he yeah he totally dove into the challenge so that was that was a, a fun night it makes it into a game yeah yeah kids kids love games and they like feeling like their opinion matters too and so yeah. you you combine both of those so i think that's great good for that's you good. oh thanks thanks well well so i i fall into the um the cat of your 10 categories, I can barely boil water. Um, <laughs> or the other one is, frankly, I don't feel like it. Those are kind of my two go-tos. Um, and I got to say, the so first of all, I haven't done it yet, but that grilled peanut butter sandwich looks yeah. so dang good. And I showed it yeah. to my kids and they got excited. I, I definitely want to try it. I just haven't had a chance. So tell about that because I had never thought about making that. Yeah, and you know, I just got for Christmas. I got a panini press. Do you guys have? Yeah, those? We ha- oh my gosh, Jack bought one of those, and he just thought it was like the most revolutionary, life-changing device <laughs> ever. And and we used it a lot for a while, and now it's. Um, I think it's kind of um, gathering a little dust. Uh-oh. Yeah. 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 Uh oh. All right. Well, I'm what seven months into my panini press, and I'm still really loving it. Uh-huh. Um, but I feel like something like that. So you take a peanut butter sandwich and you you know grill it, put it on the panini press, whatever, it sort of elevates it. It's like I have a um, a ham sandwich in here that is like a croque monsieur. Oh, I was going like, to say a croque monsieur, yes. Yeah, 
yes, this is not a ham sandwich. You know, this is like a Shishi International special sandwich that you're making for dinner. So sometimes it's just the presentation of something that can make it feel a little bit more special. And this might be a moment in the podcast where you need to to pause because I can't find that peanut butter jelly. On page 54, uh, okay. I think. Thank you. I thought I was in the frankly don't feel like it, and that's why I was... Yeah. Um, no, I think, okay. yeah, grilled peanut butter split sandwiches. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And that it has, um, and that you do some different toppings. See, what you do is you have the small bananas because I love very few things more than a um, grilled peanut butter and banana sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to see that those are, but I had never thought of putting strawberries on, which, you know, are like just pre jelly, you know? so this is a this one's a good example like you could have these different toppings out in your kitchen and your kids sort of build the sandwich that they want and then you put it on the griddle or the panini press whatever for them Mm -hmm. and so then they feel like they have control over what their sandwich has on it and with all of these recipes throughout the book i'm always emphasizing look if there's an ingredient in this recipe you know your kids won't like leave it out or put something else that they that they like and instead like if you think pine nuts are too expensive use walnuts like just um you know that's that's i say in the book like that's what being a card carrying mom is about is just like (laughs) winging it as needed and and making it work and getting it done so but i also have to point out that these um sandwiches are you're making them on white bread so is that is that not verboten I know. Well, you know, white bread tends to be a little bit more firm and will hold up better when you're making this kind of sandwich. But again, feel free to use whatever kind of bread you want. You know, all of these recipes were put through the test kitchen and sometimes things, um, you know, the test kitchen, obviously, they're sort of the experts as to, you know, getting the very best quality out of of, of the recipes. So sometimes they feel like, you know what, that firm sandwich bread might is going to hold up better in this but if you prefer whole wheat and i prefer whole wheat mm-hmm. then then you know use that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. so um, can i uh dimity let's turn the spotlight a bit on you but gosh was it two years ago that you started the try new things night Oh, yeah. TNTN. Yeah. I'm really good at making those kind of things up. With acronyms. <laughs> She's super clever. You know, she can create a program. No problem. So, but, but tell to it. Yeah. But uh, tell me. So tell me. Try tell, new things night. Yeah. Try new things night. But in, in, it involved food, but it also involved having your kids watch a movie instead of cartoons because they were just a little intimidated by a feature length movie. But Oh, the, that's right. Or a scary movie or scarier yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for like cars instead of yeah. <laughs> Dora. Instead of, yeah, exactly. But, but so talk to, talk to us a little bit about the, what were some of the things involved in the food there? And then maybe. Uh, well, it, see, it, didn't really, can... it, it, it was a great idea and concept. I don't think the follow through was poor. Oh. Poor. I can't think, I mean, I really am having, I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily label my um, kids picky eaters, um, but they are—they definitely eat in depth. Like they definitely get what they need. They are solid children. They eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. <laughs> they eat, you know, but then their 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 basic entrees don't change. So like beans, no way, you know. Um, even chicken. And what was when Sally was oh, talking okay, about, yeah. um, you know, like viscerally not liking things. I mean, we make grilled chicken on you know on the grill, and Ben literally gags and throws up on his plate and like to, to, you know, so, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a physical reaction to the food. I don't know if he's talked himself up so much that he doesn't like it because if I make chicken and broil it in the oven, he'll eat it. So it's just different things. So, I mean, so, um, so I, 
I'm, I'm getting better. I mean, they, they eat broccoli now. My kids eat guacamole. Like, they, like, like they're not worried about their nutrition. I'm just worried about their breadth of eating. But I was very much like Sally. You know, I mean, I don't remember the first time I had a black bean. It was probably as an adult. And I know I've said on this podcast, the first time I had a turkey sandwich was in college. So they come <laughs> by it very naturally, you know? Because I remember you said, because the reason I was thinking of trying new things night was that you said that up until that point, and again, it was two, so yeah, I don't know, your kids were, I don't know, eight and five or something like that, and that your children had never had chicken in a non-nugget form. Yeah. Oh, up yeah. Until, yeah. And, and I told my children that, and they, they still to this day talk about that. Like if I serve, <laughs> like the, every fourth time I serve chicken, they'll be like, oh, and Dimity's kids, remember, they'd never had anything but a nugget. <laughs> oh. and, then, and then when you said to me one time, you were like, oh, I made a, I made a whole roast chicken last night. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah, I think you and I come from very different. I mean, obviously, we come from different. But I think your kids are very much more the exception than the rule yeah. like oh, in, yeah, in, the, yeah. in, the, in what they eat. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't um, – cooking to me is not inherently interesting. Um, so I just don't – I mean, you know, like I'm on – I if you had to put me on one side, it would be – I mean, there are days when I think, God, I wish I could just take a pill and just give, I'll get everything I need, all the calories, all the nutrients. Because sometimes I just feel like eating and cooking mm-hmm. is just so onerous sometimes, you know? It totally is. I, I, I agree with you. And I say in the book, like, it, even if you like to cook, like, I actually kind of like to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean I want to do it every day. You know, yeah. I maybe yeah. I want to do it like twice or three times a week, but I don't want to do it every day. But yet I don't have the budget to eat out all the time, mm-hmm. nor do I want to eat out all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you are kind of stuck with this. All right, then I need to make this work. And, um, you know, I need to somehow get a homemade meal on the table most nights of the week. How do I do that? So, well, uh, one place yeah, you shine is, uh, is the Britters, which is the breakfast yes. dinners. I shine on that too, Sally. I mean, I can make a good breakfast dinner. So talk about some of your, <laughs> cause you had like lemon waffles and some other great yes. recipes in there. Yeah. So like I say in the book, you know, my kids are, you know, like all kids will say around five, five thirty, they'll say, what's for dinner? And when I say breakfast for dinner, you know, there's like a cheer rises yes. up in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Our mom is the best. We yes. love her. <laughs> and everyone, you know, there are no complaints at breakfast for dinner. So, um, you know, and, and sometimes it feels a little indulgent, like it might be waffles, but I usually try to do a sausage or something on the side, or we might have eggs or we might have smoothies or something to kind of balance out that starchy carb, uh, mm-hmm. ratio there. Um, but yeah, so there's a really yummy lemon waffle recipe and that's packed with all kinds of good things. And, um, then there's uh, an oatmeal pancake recipe. That's really mm. good. That's um, yeah, they have a really good, especially if you use old fashioned oats, you get a really chewy texture. Um, so yeah, I mean, I am a huge fan of breakfast for dinner. And I think that sometimes like, especially if you've, if you've made some new recipes, and they're sort of like, you know, a uh, kind of a dismal vibe going at your dinner table, lately, <laughs> like throw in a breakfast for dinner, and you know, your children will have like a renewed sense of faith in the fact that you can make a dinner that they like. So sometimes you gotta use that. They'll, they'll oh. love you again. They'll love you again. That's that's so, right. <laughs> so one thing, listening to to, I, I definitely feel the same way about that. That sometimes I think, oh, I have to make dinner again. But then sometimes when I step back from it, I do. I have realized that I enjoy it. But one one thing I think, maybe a parallel between cooking and running is find ways to make it enjoyable. 
so mm-hmm. that um, I, you know, I don't know, within the past year, started listening to NPR while I cooked mm-hmm. dinner. So I'm like, oh, okay, great. I get to listen to, you know, maybe that episode of Fresh Air I missed or something like that. So that then it's not just me standing there in the kitchen kind of feeling like, you know, a slave and, or, you know, have one, I don't know, I love it when a friend stops by or uh, my I was just visiting my parents. And so my mom sat in the kitchen with me to cook while I was cooking. And she said, oh, can I do anything to help you? And I said, just keep me company. <laughs> and then, you know, so it's like having a running buddy next to you so that suddenly that, you know, the five mile run doesn't, doesn't seem as tough when you got somebody next to you. Same thing with dinner, you know, and, and occasionally I can talk all my kids into coming into the kitchen and keeping me company. And, um, I don't know, just trying to find something enjoyable to go alongside of that cooking task. Well, sometimes it could be a glass of wine, too. <laughs> <laughs> something enjoyable. Sometimes keeping with your kids all day. Like I really, I talk in the book about how, you know, strategic screen time. So that's when my kids are allowed their 45 minutes or whatever of screen time is between five and six five and five forty five or so when I'm making dinner and sometimes it's just so, so peaceful to go mm-hmm. into the kitchen by myself and just sort of have that silence around me mm-hmm. when I you know when I've had a lot of you know my boys are constantly talking to me and asking me questions which is really great but sometimes you need a, a break from that and so I do sort of enjoy going in there by myself and um and having that that quiet time to myself. Although I, I have been listening to books on, on um, like audiobooks mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. as I cook. And that's been, that's been really enjoyable too. Yeah. See, it's all the same thing. You can enjoy a lot of the same things mm-hmm. that you enjoy while running, while cooking, you know, just maybe not the <laughs> wine, but you know, substitute noon for wine. But... <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quick question, Sally. So last two questions actually. So do you ever go to the store without a list now? I mean, is that, is, cause I know how important it is um, to have a list, but do you ever go without I do not. And I really try hard to go in once, you know, like I go Sundays, I try very hard because I don't know about you guys. Like if I need an onion on Wednesday for, you know, I forgot to get an onion, I'll go in and I'll come out with like $150 worth of things, you know, other things I didn't plan on buying. So I really, you know, I have, I actually, you know, I'm, I'm kind of dorky in this way. I print off like a template online that has it divided into, um, aisles of the store and I write it down that way. So when I go through the store, it's, you know, I'm not zigzagging back and forth. So yeah, I have that with me. It, it, awesome. it really helps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. And then the last, really, this is the most important question of the whole podcast. Okay. okay. Ketchup, no harm, no foul, right? That's right. I, I do say that in my book. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you can eat, my- eat it. Eat it by the bottle full if you want, right? You, well, in, in our house, if you start to eat it with a spoon, <laughs> the bottle will be removed from the table, but you may finish whatever you have on your plate. Yeah. My, my younger son will eat, will squirt some on his plate and just eat it with a spoon. So oh, as long okay. as he doesn't pick the, pick the plate up and start licking it, maybe that's, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Ronald, Ronald Reagan would be proud because ketchup's a vegetable in his mind, right? That's true. <laughs> All right, Sally. Well, thanks so much. It was a lot of fun talking with you. Thanks for having me. Hi, I'm at the pizza. Hey. What? I'm at the Taco Bell. What? I'm at the combination.
Asian Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. So, Tim, now you're going to serve ketchup for dinner tonight? That's the main entree on your kid's plate? <laughs> yeah, as long as, long as they don't eat with a spoon, no. But I have to say, yeah, I mean, I am fine with them. You know, whatever they want to put ketchup on, if it gets it down their gullet, then then good on it. Do you they know? put is it ketchup on broccoli? Does that happen in your no, house? No, 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 no. Actually, but they really only like raw vegetables. Like, they don't oh. like anything cooked. So, the raw broccoli, raw peas, raw carrots, which is fine. Um, they'll just be, you know, what is that? A, a raw, what, what's a raw food person? A raw food. They, yeah. they eat this raw food. Yeah, say are... like a, a rotty? Like, what is that? <laughs> your, um, kid, your kids are going to be the raw foodies of their of their generation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> chew a lot. Let me tell you that. They chew a lot. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and hopefully, and I think there's a lot of gas afterwards. So. Sure, sure. Well, I wouldn't know the difference in my house, whether that's raw food or something else. So. All right. Well, uh, to find us on Facebook, go to Run Like a Mother, the book. Our website is anothermotherrunner.com. Our store site is motherrunnerstore.com. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at The Mother Runner. Our books Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother are available on Amazon, as well as on our store site. And no matter what's on your plate for dinner, many happy miles to you. Music